so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hi everyone, welcome to the Marseille View. We're just we're just figuring out the recording game. Um, glad to be back. We are back in the swing of things. The season started. We debriefed the first game last week. And here we are after our second game. And we'll probably try and get back into the habit of doing Monday night episodes so that you guys have it fresh after the game. And that we, probably for us, our benefit, we remember the game. <laughs> so it's probably helpful. Tonight, I've got Julien. How are you? Hi, Ben. Hi, Louis. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, well, pretty good. Uh, not a Marseille-wise, but uh, everything is fine. I'm... I think we'll have lots to talk about, so at least that's uh, that's very nice. Like in and off the pitch, tactic-wise and also club-wise, there's lots to talk about. So that's interesting. It's never dull, is it? Yeah. There was, there was probably a dull period back in uh, in June, but, but now it's uh, it's on fire again. Yeah. Uh, and we have Luis. Welcome back. Hey. Yeah. I'm uh, glad to be back. I wish it was under uh, better circumstances. I uh, I seem to. Seem to always have. I, I I I feel like I've been a bit unlucky recently with uh, the 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 podcasts I've been joining have always been after uh, mediocre performances. But uh, but hey, shit, we'll stop inviting you. I think. <laughs> yeah, you might have to. Yeah, you might have to. No, no, it's all kidding. Look, I mean, with with Marseille, you never know what you're going to get. So it's nobody's fault. And we've got we've got <laughs> many many people joining the rotor and. Yeah. It's good, it's bad, we can't control that, but we can always be brief and, uh, and have therapy when it's bad and, and enjoy it when it's good. So, to the matter at hand, we played our second game of the season last night away to Brest um, and ended in a 1-1 draw. Now, mixed mixed emotions, I think. It's a game of two halves. Um, I seem to say that very often on this show, but it was. I mean, in the first half, we were we were similarly started on the front foot to, to the way we did at home to Reims last week. We, we went down the wings. We were doing the regular build-up. Um, didn't create many clear-cut chances, but found the breakthrough eventually from a, um, a well, well-played sort of double-take corner, didn't we? Passed it out to Klos. Klos crossed to the far post for Nuno Tavares to get his second goal in as many starts for the club. Good goal. And then sort of drifted and, and completely fell apart in the second half where Brest did very well and nullified our threats, um, which were our wing-backs, and we didn't have a plan B, and we let them back into the game. They scored a, a pretty spectacular equaliser, it has to be said. I mean, I've, I've had people on WhatsApp say, uh, you know, why is the keeper not there? But I, I think you could put two goalkeepers, and you're not saving that, not the way you hit it. So... That was it. We came close to conceding a second. We didn't. We we created a second couple of half chances. It it wasn't great, but we did well to come away with a point. I think, um, Lewis, what did you reckon? I I I agree. It wasn't the worst. I'm not. I don't want to start throwing everybody under the bus already. I saw that somebody um, uh, did a graffiti outside the commandery saying, you know, Longoria out. Uh, 
uh, you know, all support and love to Diang and stuff like that. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's not all bad. Um, I will say though that we had five shots in the game, two of them on target. One of them was that Ganduzi shot at the beginning, which was a was a great little move by him, and the other one was the goal. Um, and as much as I'd like to take, you know, the positives and say that we got a point from from Brest. Uh, come on, what are we doing here? This is two two shots on target for the whole game. I felt like we were witnessing a sort of mix of all the bad things under Villas Boas and all the bad things under Sampaoli, where our defense felt flimsy, like it did under Sampaoli at times, um, but the chance creation uh, was was kind of similar to to under Villas Boas, albeit with very different systems where it felt like no matter what we did, we just were not going to create any chances. And that's with players like Alexis Sanchez on the pitch, which is, I don't know, I, 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 uh, I, I'd like to be a bit more positive. I uh, really didn't like what I saw. I, I hear you. Um, problems in the build-up, recurring. You know, it's a recurring theme that, that Alex actually highlighted last week and, and we highlighted during the friendlies. Julia, what was your, your sort of... Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Um, I think it's a bit um, personally. I I, um, I was in a way I was surprised when I um, when I learned yesterday about these stats about the only five shots, only two shots on target, and I think if I remember, 0.55 xg or something like that, like quite mediocre, uh, like more than mediocre. It was all, it was our worst um, our worst total of xg since uh, I think April 2000. Uh, 21 or something like that like the end of um the end of the season with uh with some Pauli, like you know when when he took the team and when we were shit you know so yeah that's not good um yeah i could add also like to make a joke and to to you know to to put the fourth nail in the coffin like yeah a mix of the worst and there are some Pauli and also uh, garcia when it comes to um to like uh some attitudes of some of the players on the pitch. Like I started to see when I was seeing Payet, the way he was a bit like, you know, his body language and his way. I was like, oh no, we lost him again. You know, I thought about, no, we are back with Payet and, you know, under the end of Garcia when he really couldn't, when he, you know, I, I think he hated, he hated Garcia's gut so much that he, you know, he was like, I, you know, I, I don't care at all. And I had a bit, I had a bit of that vibe and I was like, oh, I hope I'm wrong, you know. Um, but yeah, like all together, yeah, like I hope you know. You also have to look, of course, like it was only the second game of the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Since the first game was still pretty good, um, you know, of course, you know, we never know. Like our third game is gonna be home to Nantes. We might again produce a, a much better performance and things won't look so bad again. So, you know, of course, we have to be careful not to be too negative and not to be, uh, I think, like, you know. But, yeah, it, it was a very bad game. And it's a bit, there is different worrying signs uh, again. And one of them is maybe the the capacity of, of Tudor to, to understand, uh, uh, like, to be to be proactive about tactics, to be proactive about changes, to be proactive about, um, and just to understand like like w- what sort of, of of level he has. Is he really advanced uh, as a coach in uh, you know in understanding tactics, or is he just a bit of uh, you know of like just average, you know, like nothing yeah. special? 
you know. I, I hear you on the I hear you on the proactive side. I think there's um there's a particular issue which is, uh, well beyond Tudor, um I, I was looking back at the his, history between the two teams and um but but more specifically the history with Derzakarian and he, he he gets a lot of points against Marseille home and away. He seems to have a number the dude so. Fair play to him. He knows how to create problems. But yeah, I, I hear you when you say Trudeau proactive is very quickly in the second half, they, they had the upper hand, you know, and, and whether it was less uh, sort of less desire from our players. and we, we weren't winning the ball as, as well as we were in the first half at times. Um, and they were blocking our fullbacks. He, he made changes, but he didn't really tweak the system. And that just that just meant that the system was still nullified and you could change the rest of the, the, the 11 players. If you don't change your game plan and put, you know, change the sort of passing circuits and, and the build-up to get out of their, their their high press on the wings and, and the way they were blocking the fullbacks, if you don't have a plan B, basically, you're going to struggle. And, and if you're struggling against Brest, yeah. how are we going to fare against the better teams? Yeah, exactly. And how are we going to fare if, if if the teams understand that that our strength is on the wings and if they just manage to block our wings and and really have to develop a plan B, a plan C, and etc. Like like with San Paoli, at least um, some, sometimes it was a bit like to, I don't know, to messy or to a mixture of things, but at least uh, the danger could come from different zones, you know. We had very long possessions, but uh, if the, co- the right combination happened, you know. Yeah, it created, yeah. It created um, the San Paoli, the build-up was, was frustrating. There were times where it didn't work at all, like in, in January, yeah. February, but, but when it started working again, and, and I, thought, I think the players got a second wind and were a bit fitter, you had, you know, Gerson and Gendouzi, they were finding space. They were, they were able to, to find that little gap when, when we'd, we'd held the ball for so long, we'd moved some of their players, the opposition players out of space. Gerson yeah. was very good at this in the second half of the season. As you yeah. say, just the danger could come from midfield or from, from an overlap exactly. or from, exactly. from a combination. And, and yeah, it just, it, it, it felt like, and I, I sort of, I think I said this during, during, when we were doing the pods during pre-season, I thought I, I, it was clear to me that because of the heavy, physical aspect of the pre-season effectively pre-season is still going on but it's now the footballing aspect of it which is where the players are finding their feet from a tactical point of view and they're getting to know their, their teammates especially for the new boys and um you know our, our defense is all new we've got five five defenders so three three center backs two wing backs this they're all new apart from Balardi. so that's that's one one way that you could explain this and, and one way you could you could say it's going to take longer for them to get used to each other that's true the midfield is, is more or less the same although they've got different roles but um we were sort of overrun in, in the second half and even at parts in the first half so it's 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 a team for me that's still finding their feet um with the system and with each other and that's why i don't want to be too defeatist or lewis should the alarm bells be ringing what do you think? I completely agree. I think it would be too easy to throw everyone under the bus already uh, two games in, especially considering what we saw last week, which was was not far from perfect, but it was definitely positive. Um, I, I would say that one of the one of the maybe slightly comforting things, uh, although it's not completely fixed, is I felt like under Sampaoli, a lot of our players were not playing in their positions. They were being asked to kind of do more than, than they maybe knew how to. I think that with um, with the current setup, uh, apart from uh, Gerson is still in this sort of advanced midfielder, second striker, winger, bizarre situation. I, I'm still not quite sure how he... 
I don't know. He far exceeded uh, anything that I think we can all agree any of us expected last season, um, considering the first couple games uh, where he just looked completely lost on the left wing. Um, I'm still unsure as to how effective he is in those more advanced uh, positions. Obviously, he scored a few goals. He's got a couple sombreros in the bag. That's great. He's got the Brazilian touch. But I, I'm still a bit doubtful, especially in games like yesterday. Um, under, something needs to change. There are a few players, I, I know that this is a topic we're going to discuss. There's a, a few players that, uh, beyond the maybe early season blues that some players may have, um, some players look completely out of it. Millet, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to add the, the, the ta- you know, learning the new tactic and their new role. Beyond that, I agree with you. Some of them, they just, they just don't look yeah. ready or concentrated. Yeah. And so we'll see if that again. I don't want to be too, you know, uh, defeatist already. I think some of them will will, will come into their own. Um, under under, I thought was our worst player on the pitch yesterday. Um, I know we're about to talk about Milik, so I might I might you know uh, just talk about Under really quickly. Um, I've always I've I've never understood uh, Under. He's had some unbelievable moments, especially at the beginning with Marseille. He always runs like his feet hurt, and I still don't understand that. I kind of want to ask him that question. I want to DM him and say, get can you get <laughs> slightly bigger boots? Because he just runs like a little wooden <laughs> robot. Um, and and he and he plays like it too. I don't know. He takes one too many touches every single time. He doesn't have his head up as as often as you'd want him to. I don't know. I, I think I think Under was a real real down, uh, real da- yeah downer for the game yesterday. Not to blame everything on him. Um, and and this is again a bit more of a different role. He's not playing sort of out and out winger like he's used to. He's kind of playing a bit more inside, having to come into the midfield. But we're going to have to fix this. Uh, I know you guys briefly touched on it. We're going to have to fix this uh, build-up situation. You guys talked about it last week. Um, there's something. There's a, there's a, there are gaps in our midfield um, where where nobody's dropping in. Ganduzi's trying to create something. Rongier, same thing. But we're really going to need to figure that one out because Under and Gerson as the sort of you know uh, second line of attack behind Milik. Um, for for chance creation is just is just not going to cut it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I Ben, uh, what what about Milik? I, we talked about it before the podcast. Well, I, I, it's an interesting let's, one. Let's touch on it. Yeah, that's what we we're going to go on now. And and I, I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off and sort of set the scene. So you know, again, Milik, uh, people people who you know, I, I like my stats, but he hasn't scored for eight goal eight games for say Cool. Okay, he paid whether that's part substitute appearances last season or whatever, and he was injured, whatever. Um, last night, again, started lively, and then you could tell he was, he was you know, frustrated, nervy. Um, for me, he was extremely lucky to not get sent off. Um, free, you know, free elbows, free times. Um, he needs to learn how to run. He he does not know how to run. He's running with his elbows out like a maniac. No, and, it, and he was always backing into players, obviously going in for the headers as you, as you would. But there's no need to throw your arms around. Just just you know, just big yourself up and jump. But he was leading with the arm every time, so he was looking up to get sent off. Um, he was dropping deeper. Now, interestingly, you've just touched on it. Ender and Dresden clearly, unless he persists with them and and they start finding their feet in that position, and those three players start finding each other. 
they're going to they're going to exacerbate and 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 may amplify this this Milik problem and this lack of confidence that he has and, and the fact that he's, he's barely touching the ball and he's not getting service and yes we have the wing backs that are, that are there to bring that extra threat and bring him extra balls but it, it, that that could that could and should be the plan B in the build-up. It's having two players behind him that, that can combine and they can run off of each other, and it's not happening. So, for me, I, I'm yes, I, I, you know, you could, I criticise him because he was too too nervy, um, and he, he was lucky to not get sent off. And if he'd got sent off, it would have been really difficult for us, I think, to to even keep a point. But um, at the same time, because of all the things I've just highlighted, I've still. Uh, you know, I'm still going to sort of not throw, the, throw him out and, under the bus yet as well, as, as you've said, Lewis, because it's early and they're, they're all adapting. But at the same time, it's like, this is this is a recurring issue that we have at Marseille for, for, for fucking years now, since Gomis. We've not had a single effective striker that we've bought, apart from Minig. You know, Minig, yeah, he's going for a bad patch, but let's not forget, he's, you know, he's got a pretty good goal return in, considering the number of games he's played for the club. But, it's like we always seem to, to fuck up our strikers and, 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 and destroy their confidence and destroy their, their physical condition because last night he was having to drop deeper and deeper just to touch the ball. And that's, you know, that's not being involved in the build-up. That's just because we, we weren't progressing up the pitch without him without doing, him doing that. that. So it creates issues. It creates a situation where he's not in front of gold. But, but let's be honest, last night, apart from maybe two or three crosses, we didn't, we didn't create much from the wings anyway. So I guess... Uh, about Milik, do you feel the same, or do you guys, do you guys, are you guys done with him? Um, no, about Milik, yeah, I, I, I talked about it a bit like last week. Like personally, I have lots of doubts uh, at the at this point about him. Uh, uh, really, like ever, f- uh, really fitting into in, into our squad. Uh, also under uh, under Tudor, like that's my that's my my frame of mind at the moment but of course i am by no means like any like football expert or so i could be wrong and i could you know but from what i see if you ask me i say really like uh if we get an offer to for like tomorrow 12 millions 10 12 millions i would say okay we sell him and we try to do with 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 payet with uh with Luis Suarez, with uh, with Alexis and etc., and even with Diang if we don't sell Diang and Bakambu, or you yeah. know we have we have too many strikers anyway. <laughs> like we have a lot of forwards, you know. If we if you add under to the mix, we have a lot of of, of players to play three three positions max, you know. Two. If I had to guess, I reckon at least two, two of those, those are going to be going to be leaving the club. That that, that that that's very possible. That's very possible. Um, but on a more general um general uh, things about uh, about the lineup and etc. I think maybe what happened, um, is and I I can I can understand Tudor for that because knowing that you know of course like considering we had a decent first game. I kind of understand that he didn't really want to touch the 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 eleven that that started and that won, you know, because I don't think the guy is crazy. I think he he knows that basically the whole team has changed. Like last year, we I, we we kept on saying about Sampaoli that he's doing all right, he's doing all right. Let let's remember that most of the team has changed. And if we look at the at at the eleven yesterday, apart from uh, Gerson, Rongier, and um, and uh, Ganduzi were were even in, in in quite different positions. It's an absolutely new team. The defense is different. The pistons are different. Uh, the most of you know most of the players are totally different. So 
so the, and uh, so I think Tudor like was like, okay, I'm going. I, I keep the same eleven, and I hope the it will work. The problem was like last week, it worked because our two wing backs had a fantastic game, especially Tavares, and the rest of the 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 build up or the construction or the or the danger from other players was not was nothing really interesting, and this time it it didn't work. Yeah, sorry, I was, sorry. Sorry, was going to add, Hals were really, really poor last night. Yeah, Reims are very poor, really, and Brest, I, I think Reims, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Reims uh, really, like, in the last four, like, uh, going to Ligue 2 last season. And I, I would I, I would give, a, I, I could imagine Brest finish, like, top eight, top ten. So, you know, definitely Brest is better, I guess, you know. Yeah, but, um, Brest is better. Um, I would say that the the I agree with you. You don't want to uh, tinker too much uh, after a, a really positive game last last week. Um, their defensive setups, uh, Brest's defensive setup compared to Reims is 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 quite different. Reims had a, a lot of gave us a lot of space in behind, um, and I for some reason I mean it's easy to say now um, hindsight is is twenty twenty, but I did have a feeling before the game of. Uh, you know what we did last week wasn't exactly going to work here. They, they, uh, Brest were really good at, at shutting down the wings, as we, as we saw. And um, I, I don't know if any of you guys had a look at the um, the Arsenal uh, Amazon Prime documentary that's been uh, coming out recently. But there was a really interesting episode yes. where Arteta talks about um, a game against Wolves, and he has a whiteboard, and he says, "You see the wings right here, this space right here on the wings." If we can block that, then the game is over. And I have no doubt that that any manager that's going to face us in the next in the coming weeks is going to say exactly that. Uh, it's just going to say, okay, you see that space between, you know, uh, uh, in and around midfield on the wings. If you can just, you know, neutralize that, then you're going to have they're going to have to leave it up to Rangier to create chances, which. Fair enough to Angers. He's created more chances than, you know, I've seen him do in, in his career. But it's he, he's not going to play that perfect ball to Milik um, or, or that ball in behind to Under, which which I'm sure you guys noticed. They made some runs which were completely ignored. Um, and I don't, I don't think they were ignored just simply because the players, you know, didn't, didn't see the runs. But also because, you know, Angers doesn't have that confidence to be able to ping a sort of you know, 20 yarder over the top of the defense. Um, he, he did it once, didn't he? He did it once. Yeah, yeah. he did it once. He, no, that, but, but as you said, I agree with you. He's not. He's not. He's not the player that you would rely on to do that. You'd look at again Duzi for that or a Payet. Right. Um, yeah. I get. I get why. Um, funny. Payet is a, is an interesting situation. I agree. Well, let, that he, let's. Um, yeah. that's, that's perfect. Let's segue into that. Milik, I guess you guys didn't add Mench, but I guess yeah. But again, another wait and see. But yeah, it's a bit frustrating seeing him. Um, get get frustrated, almost get sent off, and, and be and not find the net and not create a chance for himself again. But on to on to this then, and, and it's again, it's more than it's the build up, but it's also a bit to do with the coach. So he reacted quickly, you know, at half time he made two changes. Sanchez came on, so one change at half time. Sanchez came on, and then Payet came on later, and then Bakambu. Um, and go go for it, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was good. I think um, Sampaoli wouldn't have uh, made that sub. Um, so, so, so that was good, um, or at least made it so, so quickly. Um, Payet is an interesting situation. Um, clearly, Tudor's main thing is, is athleticism and fitness and energy. 
Payet has never been known for, for those qualities, although, although he's shown it in the past that he can really get at it. Um, I'm thinking of the, the Lyon game from a couple of years ago where he carried us to a, a victory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the, but, the, uh, the, the one time he wanted to show Garcia that... Uh, how much he, how much he, how much better he was an extra. You, you mean that game? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he was amazing. With that I, celebration I, I, after the second goal, where he. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And know. the way he was jumping, I thought about it's funny. I thought about this game yesterday. Like. Yeah, I, I just remember him ideal. because because you know you you dream to see him like that. Like, I, I guess you cannot be like that every game, you know. Like, but but he he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, and so I and 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 under and in those circumstances when you've seen Payet play like that before you think, okay, so he can do it. Now he's getting a bit older. Certainly right now in his current physical shape, I feel like we have this discussion at the beginning of each season, but um, he doesn't fit Tudor's style. Now, what does Tudor do? Does he kind of sacrifice his game philosophy um, and you know try to fit Payet in in that kind of Gerson or Under role um, behind the striker and creating chances? In which case... You know, we, we've got less athleticism, even even less athleticism on the pitch. Um, uh, or does he, you know, keep going with what he's been doing here, which is, you know, play the play the energetic team for 75 minutes, and then if we haven't created enough chances, uh, then bring on Payet and see what he can do. We know you, Julien and, and Ben, you guys know from watching Payet for years that mentally, like mentality speaking, like. That is not going to work with Payet. Um, Payet is never and never has been, never will be a super sub. Um, he needs to kind of have take control of the game, um, get a bunch of touches, see the pitch. You know, he. he I think Tudor. It, it's not necessarily Tudor's fault because I get where he's coming from. Payet is not in the shape that he would like. Um, but after games like last night, um, I still think there's a real debate that needs to be had internally, which is. You know, Payet is the only player, maybe with Alexis Sanchez. I don't. I don't I think really... Sanchez will take that role. Right, Sanchez, Sanchez will, will take, take that, that role. Yeah. But even yeah, Sanchez isn't just as because of the athleticism. No, but because of the athleticism stuff. I mean, we've all seen the pictures, right? Sanchez, fucking, the guy's a beast at his age, like He's physically. Um, I think last night he. I was surprised he came on that early. I would have thought Payet would be the step at half time, and then Sanchez. But yeah, I mean, you saw you saw a glimpse of quality. His first touch is, is immaculate. His passing quality, his waiting the pass. There was one 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 chance where he he came very close to to playing Milik through, and Milik's touch was poor, probably because he wasn't expecting it, and he was out of the game mentally by then. But he's got that quality that Payet has, but he's also got that that mentality where he's he's, he's just a, a, a you know Duracell bunny. He'll run everywhere. He won't give up. Um, and I think that this is yeah, you're coming, um, Lewis, about Payet is not a superstar. Well, this is the test because. This was this this has been a long time coming, and it should have happened years ago, um, where we transitioned, if not away from the player, from the system that made us so dependent on the player. And it's now a test of Payet, as you know. Oh, I'm Marseille for life. You know, I'm never going to I'm going to retire at the club. Well, it's like, well, yeah, but we're not going to give you an easy ride. So either he quickly mentally stops sulking and he starts working, gets himself into shape, and accepts that he's either going to be starting one every two or three games because he doesn't have the, the fitness and, and the physical shape to, to start more than that, sadly, and to have a, an, an impact on, 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 those, on, on as many games anymore. So this is the real test of, does he have no. a future for me in, in the squad, not just at, um, at, in, at, at, at the club? So, yeah. 
yeah yeah it's yeah yeah it's very interesting like it's a it's a very interesting debate and 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 um i think um yeah of course like uh to add to what lewis said and especially not at i mean it's not at 30 it's never been a super sub payet and it's not at 35 almost 36 that it's going to be one like like you need to um, you know like I, I, at my stupid level, when I go and work out uh, after 40 and I already started to feel it after 35, you need time to, to warm up. You know, it's not the same when you're 25 and you can just like, you know, like have a uh, five minutes of warm up and start and run, run like, no, 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 no. You really need to build, you know, so it's, 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 I think it's very hard and you can see it's like, like, um, I, I think also that the, I, w- I think everyone was very surprised when we saw that um, that uh, Tudor uh, uh, that sh- that Alexis went in like basically almost the whole second half and Payet came after. Especially that during the in the press conference, Tudor said that um, yeah Alexis will play some minutes. I, I don't think he said a few, but he said like some. And I think everyone waited. Yeah, yeah, you know he's gonna play like 15, 20 minutes and and and. With what happened with Milik in the first half, where actually he could have almost chosen to to sub Milik like already at the at halftime or even uh, even before if you really wanted, um, uh, I guess the logical move in the hierarchy and in everything would have been to bring Payet on, uh, and he didn't. And then also there has been the the, the other question, which was that Luis Suarez, who came in at the second last last week, scored scored a, a brace, and uh, didn't get in. So I think he was uh, um, he was he was suited the boot, wasn't he? He was ready. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. He was supposed then, to. I don't know what happened. Like, minute, yeah, I don't know what happened in the end. Like, was it because Tudor thought, oh yeah, I, really, I still I have to, Payet has to get in because otherwise it's going to be drama in, in Marseille, or or is it a mixture, a bit of confusion, or I don't know what happened. Uh, uh, because Bakambu went in also, and in the end, like Luis Suarez didn't, which is a bit weird because really with the sort of setup we had. Especially if you don't play Diang, and if you if we want to have this direct game, um, Suarez looked like a very good candidate for that. You know, an uh, 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 unfatigable, uh, hard runner, hard worker who's gonna fight every ball and who's eventually gonna sure. gonna pick a ball and etc. And who can run, who's fast. You know, it, it would make sense. You know, so this this choice is, I think, Tudor. Um, uh, if I would give a, a, a grade to Tudor for last game, I would give him subpar. Like I, w- I wouldn't give him a, a good grade because I didn't understand his choices. And uh, they are and already adding controversy to the to the to the tense situation. You know, it's it's not good. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah. Would... For me, yeah. For for the Payet thing, I, I don't think it's to do with you know keeping him happy and stuff. I think it's <clears throat> from from Tudor's point of view. It, to me, it would have made sense if, if they'd have played. What I didn't get is that at times Pacambu was behind Payet and Sanchez. That I didn't understand. And I, again, I don't know if that's... An in, it, maybe it's the same with Milik. Because for all we know, maybe they're being told to drop deep and, and, and contribute to the build-up, which sadly is neither of their profiles. But we know that Trudeau would like to do this with, with Giovanni Simeone at, um, at, 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 at Verona, but they also had other friends, which was why it worked. So... I just think, I mean, I don't know why he's, he, he changed between Suarez and Payet, or, or maybe it was Bacombu instead of Suarez, who knows. But, but what it felt like was an attempt from Trudeau to, to try a plan B, which was, well, we tried the, 
you know, the, the, the Jesson and the Milik thing clearly didn't work at all. So let's try putting two really technical, technically gifted, accurate passes in between, in behind Bacombu, who can run into space, and see if we can we can create a different kind of threat for Brest. But it didn't work either. So I think it was yeah. it was more Trudeau trying to to you know put his his creators in in the mix rather than than punishing or or, or, or punishing Suarez or making Payet happy. Yeah. No, uh, I, 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 sorry. I, I, just to to clarify, I don't think that Tudor uh, did it on purpose, either to punish to punish Suarez or or Payet. But I think it's still his choices were not were not very didn't appear to me, and I guess to quite a few people didn't appear logical. I'm not. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think there was a, a bad intention from him, but but I just think he didn't make the right choices. But you know that that that, that happens. I think there's a there's an interesting thing with new managers, which is that when you think about it, I think that us three, and I, I say this, uh, obviously we're not football experts, as you've said, Julien, us three know the Marseille squad probably better than Tudor does. Maybe not better, because there's been a lot of, of turnover, but um, Tudor doesn't know the squad yet, clearly. He still doesn't really, isn't really sure how to use everyone. And it takes a it takes a while to, to really understand you know how to get the best out of out of players, especially with a, an influx of, of new guys. One thing that baffles me is is Bakambu. Um, uh, Milik, I understand, has a very specific set of skills. Um, they're personally not the kind of skills that I would like my striker to have. Um, I I always prefer a striker who who can actually play football. With all due respect to so Senor Milik, but his his dribbling is shite, his passing is shite, his I don't know. There's, there's so much that he can't do. Um, he can't sprint. Um, he's not athletic in the air. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to keep going on Milik, but when you look at Bakambu, um, what can he do? Uh, I I fail to see um, at this point. He's not quick. We need to drop this myth that Bakambu has any sort of is any sort of threat in behind. He kind of runs with his head down um, in that funny little way. Um, and let's, kind of, let's it hope feels, Alex, is, Alex is listening, I hope, because uh, he, he rates him, apparently. <laughs> I, I, I would love to talk to Alex about it next time. Uh, I, I don't understand it. He can't, he can't run. He, he feels like he's constantly stumbling. Uh, you know how Under runs with, with, with his feet hurting? Uh, Bakamu looks like he's about to fall over every time he runs. Um, there's a there's a now pardon the this isn't very tactical or, or technical analysis, but I, I'm sure people will, will see what I'm talking about. There, there's a there's a lack of composure even in his running, let alone his dribbling. Now, obviously, he came on against Reims and assisted a perfect ball to, to Luis Suarez. Um, so he's a, he's a better passer than than Milik and, and Bambatiang and maybe Luis Suarez. I don't know yet. Um, so he's got that in his arsenal, so that's good. Uh, he's not as slow as Milik, but he's not quick. We need to we need to forget this thing of of Bakambu being a threat in behind. Oh, he's not slow. He's he's, he's got uh, once he gets started, he's he's uh, 
His 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 pace is quite good. He's not powerful with it. His acceleration is not fantastic. No, no acceleration, and even once he's full in full strength, like full full swing, he's not uh, uh, powerful, if you know what I mean, with the with with his mm. speed. You know, there was that there was that thing with with Luis Enrique. I hope if he's if he's listening, which I'm sure he isn't, but I, I hope he's doing well. Um, Luis Enrique, uh, with all his faults, like he was a powerful runner. He wasn't the quickest, but he was a powerful runner. Bakamu mm. feels uh, uh, flimsy. It feels like you could you could you touch him and he's going to fall over. Um, anyway, I, I'd love to talk to Alex about Bakamu because I really don't get it. Um, I certainly don't get subbing him on instead of Suarez after Suarez scored a brace. Um, we seem to do this quite a lot. I saw a tweet about that. Uh, we we love uh, we love not bringing on players who've just had an amazing game. Um, it's a it's a trend. Uh, I can't remember what the tweet who the tweet was about. I think it may have been about. Well, no, we, we did it we did it last year with. Uh, Bamba, think, was it Bamba? Times. Yeah, Jeng as well. But we, we yeah, I agree with you. It seems to be a recurring trend. And, and whether it was well, it's mostly Sampoli was guilty of this, right? I mean, um, Arit was one of those players when he was on form, and, and then he he made the point of saying Arit's been in amazing form for the past five games, and then he, he benched him the next game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same the same here. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes we yeah I agree. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and, and or, or be in them in their brains and understand this. Like, well, shit. What do you? How do you think this this is going to affect this guy's confidence? And I think yeah. I, I think the the I think it's it's crazy not to give uh, any game time to a guy who's called a brace. Uh, on the other hand, I think what 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 is happening because I thought about that also. Like I thought about. Um, and, you know, sometimes I made a joke, like, I played so much uh, football manager, you know, that I know what to do, you know. And because um, I really played a lot of football manager way too much in my life. Um, but the, the the truth is, I think that's different. It's exactly that. Football manager is a game. You're, you're, it's just, they're just machines. And, uh, of course, it, 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 it makes it easier. But when you're in the real life, uh, the, the, the players are like, you know, flesh and bones and egos. And you have a real hierarchy and you have a real, uh, you know, everything. And you cannot like, um, like, for example, he could not have, have, uh, have decided. The logical would be, okay, Suarez scored, scored two goals in the, in the, he had a great uh, entry and he scored two goals. Uh, I'm going to put him in front for the second game. And it might have worked. But then you know, imagine the uh, the, the the dressing room atmosphere problems and no, put him as a sub. And everyone and you, you know you know what you know what I mean? Yeah, so but put him as a sub. He's clearly put him as a sub, of course. I, you I, know, put him as a sub. I think uh, what's going to be an issue with the size of the squad that we have is that we're going to have to establish a culture within the club that allows for super subs. Uh, mentally speaking, players are going to have to accept that unless you're Genduzi. Um, or or Genduzi, uh, to be honest with you, um, you're you're dispensable, you're replaceable, and and you're gonna have to kind of sit with the idea that you you it's very possible that you're gonna come on for 15 minutes and you're gonna have to make an impact, and that's exactly what Suarez did. We talked about it. Reims weren't amazing, so I'm not saying Suarez is the best footballer ever, um, but he showed that one thing that we are asking from a lot of the players, which is an ability to immediately get into the game. I think you guys talked about it. I think he had like six shots or something in, in, when he came on or something ridiculous, more than more than Milik had in, in, in sort of um, most of the game. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, we don't have to talk about that for too long. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bizarre decision. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, 
what Tudor's well, philosophy yeah. is on that stuff later. But yeah, there's, uh, it's a bit to keep an eye on. It's a bit to keep an eye on because definitely. if it happens regularly, then then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna create not only tension in the squad potentially, but it's but yeah, it could it could just affect the results. And I, I but again, I, I'd be very surprised if there's not at least one departure, maybe even two in that sector. I mean, there was even talk today of. Um, and again, the problem is that the Turkish press is probably the most unreliable in the world when it comes to football rumours. But there was talk of Galatasaray that they're on the verge of agreeing um, a loan with option to buy for, for under. And there's been talks the last couple of weeks of, of Bacambu, um having having uh, Celta Vigo interested in him. So I, I'd be surprised if we're not trying to offload. Well, we definitely are. We definitely yeah, are but, trying to offload. But what but, yeah. conditions? You know, it's going to be for cheap. And of course. It's of just course. going to be pushing people out the door for the sake of it. But um, yeah. if we don't, or if we don't do the right players, then it's, yeah, it's going to, you're right, Lewis, it's going to create massive issues. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we'll quickly go through tops and flops, even though we probably touched on a lot of them. And, and I'll give mine very quickly because I've, I wrote them down earlier. So under massive flop, um, Milik, I have to put him in. Not as much as I, I've attempted to defend his 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 performance in terms of footballing and, and the fact that he had to drop deep and wasn't getting service. He, he was he he could have cost us the game by getting sent off. Um, and then I will put Tudor as my third flop because, um, yeah, he he didn't have a plan B. He tried one, but it seemed um, as we've just discussed to, to just be a case of oh, I'll put Payet and Sanchez on, you know. With the talent between them, they'll find a way. Um, and it's, it's just not... He, he needs to find a plan B for when a team um, blocks the wings. Hopefully, he, he's capable of coming up with that and we see him do that, but I have doubts. Uh, and then in the tops, yeah, Tavares, um, in the first half, I thought it was outstanding. Not only the goal, but, but there was, a, there was one, one opportunity where, from scratch, he dribbled his way out of, out of a corner uh, near the halfway line, he got through, got through three house players and then and created the counter-attack. And I think it was, again, Under who failed to fucking do anything with the ball when he gave it to him. But I think Tavares had a good game. I think um, the keeper, it's a half-top, but I think that when he was called upon, he, he made a couple of crucial saves in the second half. Um, and that's about it. I only have two tops. I can't think of any others. Um, Julien? Yeah, um, yeah, like Rongier uh, didn't have a very good game for for flops. Like uh, worse than that, he had a very like mediocre game. Uh, well, he was subbed quite fast, but um, so I, I sadly I have to put Rongier uh, this time because he had a very good game against um, where was the the, the first team um, uh, Reims, but uh, but but yesterday it was really not uh, interesting. Like he was. I, I almost didn't see see him and and you know he was not uh, he really didn't show up. Um, the the defense guys uh, that's another issue. But imagine we 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 we've lost uh, Kamara and Saliba in quality, and now we have Balerdi and um, Balerdi and Gigo, and that's a problem. Like. I, I think Gigo is going to be a, a sort of uh, I, I thought he I heard had some good, some good about the guy. I don't want to judge him too fast, but we already know he's not Saliba, huh? Right? Like he he tried 
it, uh, in the second half it was interesting like he, he actually really tried to to attack more and to to but he's not very good with the ball he's he looks like he's 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 doing a lot of um er- errors i don't know but he's um you know like a bit uh, i don't know how would use the word in english like a bit uh, ag- aggressive in the in the in the sense of term, like a bit uh, lacking a bit of uh, of uh, ability. You know what I mean? To, I to, to, to yeah, it's un bourrin, but I don't know how to say that in English. Like uh, un bourrin. In, uh, to speak your football la- football manager language, I think yeah. you would describe him as a no nonsense centre back. Yeah, exactly. Well, th- I think that's that's so far that that's the defense that um, that. Uh, Done. That obviously Tudor is trying to build up like with this three, a no-nonsense defense. I, 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 I agree with you on Gigo, and I hope I'm wrong, but I just feel yeah. like he's a, he's a French Alvaro Gonzalez. Yeah, it's a bit Very that. Yeah, good. it's a bit Alvaro Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah, a bit younger. A bit younger, a bit, a bit younger, stronger. and um, and still, I don't know, like, but it's it's early days, and the guy is living his dream and etc. So we have to give him a bit of time, but but you know, he, he, you know, but we have lost. It's just that we have lost Saliba and Kamara, guys. Yeah. We have lost like we have lost two players that are um, that are like uh, absolute without discussion, like uh, uh, you know, like um, Champions League player, like totally. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we have replaced them with uh, league players at, at best, you know. No, one guy we haven't talked about. I know we've talked about basically every single player except for this guy, Chancel and Bemba. I like him. He's no, yeah. he's no Saliba. He's yeah, no yeah. Saliba, and but Mbemba is, and he's got Champions League games under his belt. And yeah, yeah. I think that was a great, I think that was a great signing. Um, not to depress any uh, uh, OM fans out there, but um, it's interesting to note that uh, Buba Kamara was the man of the match in the Villa Everton game this weekend, and Saliba was the yeah, man I, of the I, match I, I last him. week. Yeah. Um, I watched it, and uh, Kamara was. I, you know, I, I yeah, I have to. But the, well, we'll see how, if he does it consistently. But I, I predicted he may flop in the Premier League, but he's proving me very wrong so far. We'll see. We'll see. I think he's uh, he's got everything to. He certainly doesn't, uh, in terms of physicality and and all those attributes. He doesn't certainly doesn't look like a a Premier League uh, number six. But his passing ability and his composure, we know it. We've watched it for years now. But um, it's interesting to see it in the uh, in the prime, and we'll see how it goes. But um, to come back to the current Marseille players, um, I, uh, I I wouldn't put it as a top, but I was happy to see Alexis Sanchez um, in the shape that he's in and the mm. kind of uh, uh, aggressive uh, technical style that he's that that you know made us fall in love with him at, at, at Arsenal. Um, it's still there. The fire is still there. You can tell that he's not just coming here to pick up a paycheck. Um, I think no, he's. I think, really I think he's. Um, yeah, I think he's probably two or three weeks off of being 100% match fit. But you can, yeah, the, the, the quality's there. I the quality's there. Yeah, the heart is there. He's. He clearly wants to do well with us. He hasn't just come to pick up a paycheck and 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 you know go home. He. I think he really wants to you know for the Champions League run to be interesting. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, it was positive. Obviously, not much. We didn't see much. It was 45 minutes, but. Um, but yeah, and and I think uh, another guy we haven't talked about, uh, Kolasinac as a as a backup left back. I'm I'm still not a Kolasinac fan of, from from his Arsenal days. I I you know feel like I'm I'm he hasn't progressed much, but um, I thought he kind of did a job. And 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 uh, as a 
Nuno clearly, I, I know you guys noticed this after, you know, 65 minutes, Nuno was completely gassed. He had nothing left in the tank and he was trying, you know, but he was so spent. So we're going to need a really good backup uh, uh, wing backs. And Kolasinac isn't really good, but he's, he's, I think he'll do a job. I think on the right, um, I'm, I'm sure you guys heard the rumors uh, that we're getting uh, Issa Kabore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. I, that would be I, a nice I watched him at the uh, at the, the Africa Cup of Nations with uh, Burkina Faso. Now, granted, Africa Cup of Nations is its own kind of football, right? The the mm. it's it's a very physical um uh, the pitch the, the you know the pitch itself is is never in a good state. So it's it's quite it's less you you're less aware of a player's technical abilities, but from what I saw. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I saw that it was it was with a sort of 20 mil option to buy, which means that we're obviously not going to buy him. But even just for a season to back up Kroos, um, I think it'll be super important to have, have, have good backup wingbacks. I saw him in Troyes. I, I watch sometimes like the games of Troyes because I kind of have a sympathy for Troyes for a long time. And uh, I saw I saw quite a few of his game, and he, the guy is good. Huh? He's still raw, of course, but he's is uh, is is a very interesting backup. Like. And he's Charles Cabaret's uh, cousin. Yeah, so yeah, it was so nice. Big up, yeah. big up the Marseille dynasties after yeah, the yeah, IU yeah. brothers. Cool. Yeah, big up that. I like um, and and um, Klus is is actually out. Yeah, I forgot about him, but he he would be the third top because the, the guy's technical ability and and his um, the, the guy's just really really good um again really happy we signed him um yeah nothing can't say a single bad thing about him yeah he's great other than you know I, it's not about him it's more about tudor but we're going to be relying on on him over, over dependent on him and Tavares. over dependent yeah i mean i saw a tweet that was like uh it was just a, a picture of our starting 11 but they've removed everybody but Tavares and close and it was the caption was you know igor tudor's um tech, like a uh uh, um, attacking like uh, strategy, and it was just yeah, close and device, which is something that we'll need to look out for and see how to fix it um, later down the line, especially against you know big teams. Uh, uh, Lyon and, and PSG are gonna are gonna have a, a field day if we don't figure that one out. That's yeah, true. I guess um, well, look, tops of props, we've covered <laughs> we've actually covered almost every individual player, so I guess we could just move on to the main takeaway from the game. Um, Lewis, you, you had you had the mic. Yeah, it's true. I guess um well look, tops of props we've covered <laughs> we've actually covered almost every individual player. So I guess we could just move on to the main takeaway from the game. Um, Lewis, you, you had you had the mic. What was yours? Uh, main takeaway from the game. I think we've uh, we touched upon it during throughout this uh, podcast. I think there's still a lot of things to figure out with the team. I think we can't throw them under the bus just yet. Um, I'd, I'll be the first to to defend Tudor and Longoria and everyone at the moment. Um, but it'll be uh, it, it was a it was a good it was a re, it was a good thing it was a good revealing game of what we still have to work on. I think last week we were in this kind of euphoric um, moment of, of of bliss because we were so I think relieved to be honest that it wasn't a complete disaster. Um, and uh, today was a, or yesterday, sorry, was a reminder that, yeah, there's still a lot to be done, which is good. It's better to realize this now while we're playing Brest and Nantes and Clermont um, than, than later on when we're playing Lyon and, and PSG. 
um, that, that that was going to be my takeaway. So plus one. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. No, no, I'm just saying I have nothing to add. So over to you, Drew. Yeah, guys, sorry, but <laughs> I mean, except if I go into some little details, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you summed it, but you summed it up very well. It's um, it's um, personally, I am, of course, it's really not the time to 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 be negative, but um, I'm I'm not very optimistic, I must say, I'm not very optimistic. I I, I I'm 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 a bit afraid that the you know the problems that um that we heard also during the preseason, even though we know there was some apparently some rumors that some of the some of some of the things that came up in the media were a bit exaggerated by l'équipe because of like by l'équipe and la Provence because of petit you know like people who are, who wants to you know who, who want to be mentioned and blah blah want to be self-important and and all that. But still, like I think, the noise was real. Like they, it was not all fake. There was really had some problems. There really had been some some fight between uh, coach and the teams and etc. And I think the the team is very shaken. You know, you know, shaken. I'm not. I don't want to exaggerate the situation. But but a bit like, yeah, a bit shaken. Like from compared there, to there, there to last tensions. season. And sorry. There are tensions. Yeah. Yeah, there's tensions, and and I think. Um, it's uh i'm not i'm not optimistic i'm not optimistic i i i i'm afraid i hope i'm wrong but i'm afraid we we will notice that tech that tactically tudor is not extremely intelligent i i'm i don't know there's little guesses like that like like uh, it, it was in the press conference like uh the one he did before the game like it was the very last question maybe maybe tudor are just enough of questions but some uh, some journalists ask him like, um, uh, we know it's a new league for you. We know you just arrived, uh, etc. Um, uh, and you didn't know about Ligue 1, but how do you study the the teams and etc. And how how do you and and then Tudor was like, we watch videos from uh, from a bit of last the end of last season, and we watch videos from last game, and we go with that. And then he he, he closed the conference, and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I hope that's not too revealing, but but you know, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm not sure the guy is uh, is at a super uh, uh, super high level. Like, uh, him and his team are at a super high level when it comes to to understanding the game, like the data and etc. Compared to a lot of coaches, even in Liga. But I hope I hope I'm wrong. It's just you know, it's just gut feelings. Really, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It just it just comes across as very very stubborn, and and we, we I guess we're all hoping that yes, that's probably the case. He is now, and San Paoli was started off like that, but he quickly adapted. And yeah, I guess we're all hoping that that Trudor will, will be able to do the same. Because if he won't, well, it's not going to work out, as you said. Um, on to next week's game. We're playing Nantes at the Vélodrome. Um, I'm going to go with a two-one victory. What about you? Nantes, yeah, f- uh, a scrappy one nil for us. But I'll mm. take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna lead more towards the the two one. Uh, uh, yeah, scrappy two one. Um, I think I think we're definitely gonna concede uh, against. Uh, again. And, and um, another weird thing is, um, I, I, we this was the case with Barcelona, right in the heyday. I mean, uh, again, 
maybe I'm, I'm completely going off off um, off on a, an imaginary thing here, but the kind of system we play, we need a lot of width on a very big and wide pitch at the Villa de Rum. I think we'll, we'll do very well at home against most teams, but on narrow pitches away, we'll struggle. Mm, yeah, interesting. I didn't actually thought about that, but we do have, I think, one of the widest pitches in uh and you get so that, in France. Yeah, exactly, wide. yeah. So that will that will uh, that will serve as well. Um, I think, uh, yeah, two uh, one. I think Nantes are, are still, despite Kudum uh, when you leaving, they're they're still quite dangerous up front. Um, Moses Simon is still running about, and I think uh, I, I'm just petrified of the idea of a Moses Simon versus Leo Balerdi one on one. I think I'm going to have nightmares about that before the game, but. Who knows? Any, any, Who knows? Any player in Ligue 1 against Bellardi one-on-one right now. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, yeah. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the the name of the of the Brest uh, striker yesterday, number nine? Was it Onora? No, Onora oh, was good. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Yeah, Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. Le Doigt. I mean, we were almost threatened by Le Doigt, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't even remember, remember the guy's name. Oh, Le Doiron ou les pieds carrés. Sorry, that's a joke for French people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. I agree. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see, and we'll see if uh, if if this uh, Issa Kabore can slot in. We'll we'll see how everything is gonna uh, is gonna play out. I think as soon as the transfer window is over and we've gotten rid of the players we wanted to get rid of and and. Tudor can look at everybody in the eyes and say, "Look, this is you're in the squad. You know, if you want to play, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really work hard. Um, and if not, then you're out." I think that'll be I think that'll be good. I think we're in these times of sort of uncertainty with everything, and I think those are never. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, it's never never great for for some players. Um, uh, yeah, so, so that, that sort of brings us to brings, yeah, it does. It brings us to the close, really. Uh, Lewis, you've, you've segued yet again into it perfectly, which is, <laughs> which is um, uh, Javier Ibaldas spoke for the first time to the media yesterday before the game, and very clearly said we've got you know we're finding solutions for treatment and MOV, confident they'll be gone soon enough, and we're listening to offers for Dieng and Kalasinac because we've received inquiries. And if they don't leave, they'll they'll rejoin the squad. So, kind of makes sense, right? And it, it echoes everything we've just said. Yeah, I think it was interesting to have that level of uh, detail from a uh, from a sporting director or whatever his title is. I get confused with these things, but um, yeah, you, uh, uh, these guys rarely give out specific names. Uh, when it comes to these things, they'll usually give a sort of diplomatic answer, which is we're looking at outgoings and we're looking at incomings and you'll go okay well that was useless um that was uh it was I, i'm, I'm kind of glad that we have uh, guys like him uh at least in terms of their their candor and their their how frank they are um when it comes to these things it's good to kind of know it's good to tell the supporters kind of where we're at on that stuff um talking about diang talking about those guys especially diang diang is the one that i think marseille supporters are currently uh really worried about just because you know, uh, we we don't really know what's going on now. It's good for for Rebelta to come out and and uh, and yeah, and, and give us some more clarity on that situation. Is everyone there still? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still around. <laughs> I, I didn't uh, get, no, no, no. I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know about this Ribalta talk or anything. So I really have nothing to add on the, on the subject. I guess Ben, you have something to say, but um, I don't. No, not really. No, I, I summed it up and I agree with uh, with Lewis. Yeah, he uh, was very clear. But um, yeah, the Jiang thing. We we've heard ten different versions. Not training hard enough. Tudor's fallen out with him. Um, he won't sign an extension. Um, we're, we're pissed off at the academy in Senegal, Jean Bath, because they they tried to get some dodgy commissions out of the club. Fuck knows the truth, right? We'll, we probably will never know. Like like all of these stories, um, like Camara, like whatever. There's probably everybody to blame for different different parts of, of why we're in this situation. But I think I think. The club aren't stupid. Tudor's not stupid. He's he's a, he's a sellable asset, right? He's a young player. If we don't find a, a suitor for him at the price we want, I've no doubt that we'll bring it back in the squad and we'll try and sell him again in January. But we'll give him game time to put him in the shop window. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. That's always the question of uh, how well uh, the the communication is is occurring between the front office and the manager. I think there's a lot of cases where. Uh, uh, front office will say to a manager, "Oh yeah, you gotta gotta play him to make him sellable." And the manager will say, "Well, uh, uh, yeah, actually no, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to do well, that." So well, I guess interestingly, we'll see. my um, yeah, my my worry, my main player that worries me that could be that case is Jasson. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's he's looking like he's going to get some game time at least. In- no, I'm, no. I mean, from what you've just said, it's and I don't think it's the case of the board are saying you know play him whatever the cost because we need you know we want to sell him forty right. million next year. But I think he's one in danger that if he doesn't find his feet, he even if he gets game time, but he doesn't you know sort of shine as well as he did and get as many goals or assists as he did last season, then yeah, his price tag won't increase, especially if he doesn't do it in the Champions League, for example. So yeah, that's that's a major worry. Right now, but we, again, you know, let's, let's give him time because he started the, the last season pretty similarly, and then he, he blew us away in the second half of the year. So yeah, and generally speaking, that's certainly something we need to work on. We're a terrible selling club. We can't sell for our lives. We had one season in the last sort of seven years where we were able to sell Batshuayi and and Frank Zambo and Gisa, and and well, that wasn't in one season. But you know, those are kind of the guys that we've sold for for some money. Um, I think I think we we're, we're I mean I was comparing the other day I had a quick look through uh, transfer market even though transfer market is not perfect um, and not necessarily super accurate comparing Marseille and Lyon in the last five seasons in terms of uh, uh, transfer net transfer gross or uh, profit uh, or or loss and I think the difference between the two of us is is sort of like 350 million I think Lyon are in a, a plus. 180. Um, I'll have to check that again. But and we're at sort of minus two, 230 um, over five seasons, which is worrying. It's not worrying when, because for reference, Chelsea are at negative sort of 600. Man U as well. But it's the we're we're in very different ballparks here. I think us being at negative sort of 230 is way more worrying than than Man U being at negative 600 because. Because those big, those huge clubs, they have to spend loads to ultimately, you know, make money in other aspects. We're and in they, this and they have in commercial, between. Commercial income exactly. Never have, exactly. Right? So we're in this in between stage where we got to learn how to sell. I mean, I'm not saying we should become Monaco 
where the, the only purpose for Monaco's existence, it seems, is to sort of sell players um, and and clone Mbappe. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, not to get too much topic, <laughs> yeah. but that guy. Yeah, and make full of themselves against team uh, with a three or four times smaller budget in the... Yeah. Yeah, in, exactly. the qualifying, in the qualifying rounds. Well. Yeah, I was so annoyed at that, <laughs> even though I, I saw afterwards that it means that we're making a bit more money on our yeah, Champions League yeah. run. But I was so annoyed at them. They're such a ridiculous team and they yeah, have so much way, talent. I, 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 I looked as a good thing for us. I look like they're going to have less uh, star. They're going to have less recruit. Uh, we're gonna get a bit more money. Less budget, yeah. yeah, they're gonna get have, have less budget, and probably they'll, be, you know. So and, and they they've started really badly in the league as well. So um, yeah, they, I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if uh, if you know they're, they're they're much quicker and reactive than we are when it comes to to chopping and changing. They may sack their manager pretty quick. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I guess guys, that takes us to a close. Um, thanks for joining. I hope our predictions are right and we see a win against North. But. Uh, I guess same time next week for anyone who's available. And thanks to everybody who listens. And we will speak to you very soon. Sounds good. See you guys. See you guys.